Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V. A little bit disappointing this week after the loss on Thanksgiving. Puts a damper on the holiday season, but... You can still have fun listening to the podcast. You can still have fun hearing from an all-pro safety, one who led the NFL in interceptions for the Detroit Lions, a man who beat the Green Bay Packers quite a few times, probably could have used him out there this past week. It's Glover Quinn. Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I would have been better had the Lions defeated the Packers. But, you know, it's been a couple days. I'm less sad now. I'm still frustrated, but I was still able to have a good Thanksgiving. Well, that's good. That's what matters. You know, Thanksgiving is a is a great time for family. Um, Got to enjoy the season. Like you said, it's a lot better <sighs> eating turkey and dessert and having drinks when you're celebrating the Lions win. But we can still find things to be thankful for because the Lions did not win. And it was it was kind of a bad day of football in general. I'm not going to lie. I yeah, was excited thing, for it. Right. And the bad thing is the Lions play the first game. So when they lose, it just like sets the tone for the whole day. You look at every like you look at every game different. Like if the Lions win, you look at that Cowboys blowout and you're like, oh, it's a great game. Like, oh. We won. We get to see the Cowboys blow somebody out. It's just awesome. And then you get to the night game. Who played the night game? I don't even remember. Seahawks got blown Seahawks. out by the 49ers. They had a, yeah. two drives in the third quarter, and then it was back yeah. to a blowout. Yeah, but by that, like I said, at that point, your mood is so good. You're feeling so good because the Lions won. When the Lions lose, first game on the day, now it got you already feeling whatever. You're trying to watch a good game, and then the commanders get blue while you like i don't want to watch this anymore and then you're 49 it just sets the whole tone for the whole day whole day it really day. does and, and the food is still easy to enjoy but it just sets a tone that you don't want with you for the rest of the day were you still able to enjoy your food though i did i did i enjoyed my food um it was uh it was good i haven't uh haven't eaten like that in a while so I enjoyed it. And what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, man, that's a tough one, man. I do like, um, you know, my mom and my sisters, you know, they, uh, my mom really, she cooks a really good, like, dressing, like, really good. Um, And then we'll do some chicken spaghetti. Um, It's really good. I like greens. Um sweet potatoes or we sometimes we didn't even do sweet potatoes this year we just did potato pies so we kind of had the best of both worlds with that and then we do like um like a cajun turkey Ooh. <sighs> yeah yeah i mean we we i mean we we, we ate good and desserts we ate good Bet Online is your number one source for your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or 
Use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. And that sometimes is all you have to do. Sometimes you eat the pain away because it really was painful. You look at the final score and you think, okay, maybe it wasn't that bad. But if you actually watched this game, you remember the Lions go down 20 to six at the end of the first quarter. And then pretty much until the fourth looked kind of hapless. I mean, they did have that drive to start the second half. And then right up until the very end, it was just nothingness again. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they haven't been starting out well defensively, haven't been able to get stops. And when you're not able to get stops defensively and your quarterback is turning the ball over constantly, it's not going to be good for you. And I think that's what the biggest thing is. They can't get in the rhythm. They, they're turning the ball over. I mean, seven, I don't even know what the exact number is, but it's got to be at least seven turnovers. I think I've seen three to four. I think I saw three against Chicago and at least four against um, Green Bay. So, I mean, when you're turning the ball over at that rate, it's going to be very difficult to get in the rhythm so you can do something. But you see how they've come to the point where they feel like they can always still win these games. That's why they come out in the, in the, in, right after half, and you feel like, all right, we're going to put a drive together, go get some points. It's just how it was against Chicago. Don't work like that all the time, especially when you're playing against better teams. And like we talked about already, Green Bay isn't a great team, but they're not bad either. They're an NFL football team. So, yeah, you might get away with that against Chicago, who almost beat you. All right? You didn't play well against Chicago, but you were able to get a win because they played worse. You didn't play great against Green Bay, but you weren't able to come back and get a win. So you can't continue to get off to these bad starts, have turnovers, not be able to get stops defensively and feel like you're going to be able to win games down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and it, it was nice against the Bears where we saw, okay, Jared Goff, he's had all these turnovers. He's not afraid to keep making plays. Against the Packers, it wasn't that he was throwing interceptions. It was the fact he was fumbling and getting pressure. And those were the kind of things that were shooting the Lions in the foot. And you still trust Jared Goff. Yeah, he's got the arm talent. He can make those throws. He can make them come back. But when you just keep fumbling, when you just keep throwing picks, it's not going to happen. And so we were talking in the pre-show, is this just Jared Goff regressing to the mean of his career? Or is this just a little blip on the radar and Jared Goff's going to be fine? I feel like it's the mean of his career. I mean, I feel like we are who we are. It's kind of the law of averages like we talked about with baseball. A guy might go start out super hot and be batting 700 on the season. He know, the world know, everybody know that he's not going to stay at that rate. At the end of the year, he's going to be back down at a normal rate. And he may be having a good year and be good. So instead of him batting 300, he may be batting 345, right? Or 365. But he's not going to be batting 500 plus. So Jared Goff went on this long streak of no turnovers, no interceptions, things like that. We got the good of what he could potentially be. But 
this right here is the bad and it brings the averages to be what he is right not saying that he's not better than when he was younger but he's still somebody he's going to turn the ball over he's going to make some mistakes that's just what it is and you see you know he's been getting great protection from the o-line so sometimes you don't think about a lot of those things and the next thing you know the o-line struggles or whatever you get some pressure now you're not holding on to the ball in the pocket like you can't fumble four times you just can't you gotta hold on to the ball you do. You absolutely do. Because it just puts the defense in bad positions. And that happened multiple times. But it wasn't just Jared Goff that put the defense in bad positions. One of, if not the final deciding nails in the coffins that made it too big to come back from was the fake punt. Dan Campbell and the coaching staff puts the defense in a situation to fail. Fake punt, which we love Dan Campbell being bold at times. I love when he is on the other side of the 50, when he's in opponent territory and he fakes a punt, goes for it on fourth down. Love it. It just felt like it was too aggressive at that point. It felt like the Lions didn't need to be pressing at that point. It felt like a long game left. And then you make that decision, you don't get it. And it just felt like it was too much to overcome from then on. Yeah, I mean, at that at that point, you know, you got to protect yourself from yourself. You know who you are, right? So in a situation like that, you're losing. Team hasn't been playing great. Now you got to punt the ball away. When a team is winning and they're on the road and you are a fake punt, go for a fourth down, like you are that type of team, when they're winning, especially by multiple scores, the whole time they're playing for that. They're expecting you to do because that's what you do. It's hard to pull off a fake punt when we're expecting you to fake punt. That's why it's easier to pull off a fake punt when you're winning by 10 points and you're backed up, right? Because they don't expect you to go for it right now because you're winning. So now they got a return on. They're worrying about trying to get this punt return to try to score. And then, boom, you run a fake punt and get a first down and go down, and now you're going up 17 or 20 to put the game out of reach. But when you're losing, now they expect, okay, they're going to have to try to get the ball back some type of way. So now you're fourth down, you're backed up. Like, they're going to get good field position unless you just boom the ball anyway. Like, at that point, they're not worrying about returns. They're making sure that the ball gets punted Fair catch it if you have to. We got multiple score lead. We run the clock, try to score again, but we're in a good position. We can't give up a fake punt. And he went for it anyway. So, yeah, that hurt. That hurt. Those are the things that hurt. And you got to know when to stop the bleeding and get out of your own way. Like you said, it's a, it's a fine line of being aggressive and understanding the flow of your game and how the game is going. You're 0 for 4 or 5 on fourth downs. Like, why are we in all these fourth down situations? Instead of saying, I want to be this great, great, great guy that we're going for it on fourth down, let's be better on third down. Let's be like, why are we in so many of these fourth downs where we feeling like we need to go for it? Let's get it on third down. And you got to you got to pick your spots. You got to understand the flow of the game and attack at the right time. You can't 
You can't attack when they know you're going to attack. Yeah, it felt they like they boxed themselves into a corner with that fake. It felt like the game was still open to that point. It was going to be a struggle to come back no matter what. You're down two scores, but then you go down three scores instead, and it just... It felt like that was the ball game. And I know it's not. I know so much else goes into it. The the fumbles by Jared Goff, the defense giving up points, that all goes into it. But it felt like that was the ceiling point of the game. Because when the defense takes the field right there, they've already been struggling today. They're not taking the field with a lot of confidence that we can stop these guys. They're already in field goal range, right? They're not taking the the field with a lot of confidence that they're going to stop those guys. They're upset that they went for and didn't get it. And now we're backed up. Now we're in a bad situation and it's just not good. So I just think that was an awful call. You just can't make that call in that moment. You, you have to fake a punt when they're least expecting you to fake a punt or you got to run a better fake. One of the two. Too that fake to, to my dog, Jalen, that ain't the one. And you had to get like four yards. I can see if you had to get one. You had to get four yards. Like <laughs> it, was, it was just a lot. A lot of things went into it. A lot of things went into the defensive performance, too. It just felt like we were talking about in the pre-show. It felt a lot like Geno Smith, where he would just escape the pocket. And he's not looking to run. He's not looking to kill you with his legs. But he just escapes the pocket, makes someone miss, and then he's wide open and makes a throw. Or he steps up in the pocket, and he just makes a throw. And the defense just couldn't handle it. And it just it feels like the pass rush and the coverage for so long during the season, it felt like they were married. It felt like they were working together. And now it feels like the pass rush doesn't have a plan. It The plan is Aiden Hutchinson hopefully get a pressure, but no one's going to clean it up anyways. And then the secondary, I, I don't know what's going on there. It's just maybe it's the fact that there's no pressure and they're being asked to cover for too long. I don't know. What do you think is going on here? I mean, when there's no pressure and the quarterback can run around, receivers are running around, I mean, those guys are going to get open. But that's exactly what we're seeing. We're not seeing any plays being made in the secondary. None at all. I mean, you start the game off and you give up a big pass on the first play of the game. Like, I always went into games. This this is my thought. I always went into games saying, I'm going to make a big play on the first play of the game. I never went into the game as a safety saying, I'm going to go get a TFL on the first play of the game. It's the first play of the game. I don't care if he runs for 10 yards. I'm not giving up a bomb on the first play of the game. But if they try to throw a bomb on the first play of the game, I'm going to make a big play on the first play of the game. So that's my thought process. I don't care whatever. They can't complete that deep pass on the first play of the game. Just can't. They just can't. Your front guys got to stop the run. Secondary, we're not giving up a 50-yard. It's Thanksgiving. It's the first play of the game. It's Green Bay. They're on the road. Like, everything tells you, have your antennas high. We can't give them things to let them in the game. They're going to come out and try to establish that early. Let's see if we can get a P.I. Let's see if we can beat them early. Let's see if we can do it. And you let them do it. 
you let them do it. I just hate to see it. Just absolutely hate to see it. It just, from that moment on, and there were moments where it felt like we were going to get back in it. It just, from that moment on, it just felt like it was straight downhill for four straight quarters. Yeah, it was. It's just, like I said, I didn't even feel the juice. I didn't feel the juice. I didn't feel the juice. You know, I didn't feel the juice. And see, like I say, I go, I always go back to these things. Like, like people used to always ask me, like, hey, man, what music do you listen to before the games? And I'm like, man, you know what? I get to the locker room probably five hours early, and I don't even listen to music. I got my headphones on just so people don't talk to me. You think I got some music? I ain't got no music on. Why? Because I can't do two things at once like that, meaning I can't listen to the music and focus on my game plan, what I got to get done, right? I'm either worrying about the music and not paying attention to my game plan, or I'm paying attention to my game plan and I'm not worried about the music. So why do I need this plan in my ear? So I didn't listen to music like that before the games. Me personally, I didn't want any exterior factors to get me hyped up for the game outside of me getting myself hyped up for the game. Why? I didn't even want the fans to get me hyped up for the game because guess what? Like Deion Sanders say, the fans only blow when you're hot, right? So at the end of the day, we come out and we're not playing well, they're going to start booing. So, where am I gonna get my where, where am I gonna get my giddy up from? I gotta be able to pull it from within. I have to. I don't want to ever have to depend on an external force to get me hyped and ready to go and play. So that was how I was, and so there was no juice. I don't know if they're waiting for the fans. I don't know if they wait. I don't know if they had Thanksgiving dinner for for the night before and they just had the itis. I don't know what it was. But I didn't feel any juice from anybody, anybody, anybody. And then it don't help when the quarterback is turning the ball over because now, you know, you come out of the Chicago game and you're talking about how you bounce back from the turnovers. But you don't forget that the turnovers were there. So then when you come into this game and there's more turnovers, it starts to be on your mind like, golly, man, golly. They might not say it, but I don't play there anymore, so I can say it, right? They're telling their girlfriends and their wives about it. They're talking to their homeboys about it, but they ain't going to say it. I'm going to say it. It affects you, and that's what we saw. No energy, no juice. Nothing. I mean, did Jameer Gibbs even play? He did, he did technically. I, well, I mean, literally he did. He had 15 touches, but it just didn't feel like he was there. You know, he's 73 yeah. yards, 15 touches. That's a fine day. I didn't feel his presence. At right. All. Like, I didn't feel a modern St. Brown's presence until the, end of the fourth quarter. And, and like I say, a lot of that has to do with turning the ball over. You're not having these drives. You have one play. Cool, he breaks out for 25 yards. Turnover. Sit down. Cool, you complete one pass for 20 yards. Boom. Turnover. Sit down. Like, you don't, you, they're not getting in the, like, you're not feeling, you're not getting a chance to feel their presence over and over and over and over and over again. Like I say, that'd be just like, like, I'll take a game, honestly, I'll take a game where Aiden Hutchinson has zero sacks. But he got like 10 hurries, like two or three TFLs in the run game. 
you know, a pass breakup from getting his hands up. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's controlling that game. No, he don't have a sack. But he's putting pressure on the quarterback. They feel him every time. He's stopping the run in the backfield, getting his hands up, knocking the ball down, as opposed to a game where he got two sacks, but they were meaningless. They're just meaningless sacks. Like, you just got two little – nobody even know about those sacks. Had to look at the stat sheet to see, oh, oh, he had two sacks? Right? Like, that's – we're not – we can't feel you. I remember I used to go to Sue, right, and Dominican Sue, big Sue, macho Sue, my guy. You know, me and Sue had a really good relationship because when I got there, you know, I didn't back down from Sue, you know, but it was it was player respect. I respect you, but we're going to work. And if you ain't working, I'm going to call you out on it. I'm going to say something. Right. So Sue respected me for that. And I used to go to Sue all the time in games and be like, hey, man, we need you right now. You're a big time player, bro. I can't feel you out here. Like, I don't feel you, man. I'm making too many tackles on the running backs. My DBs, we making too many tackles on these guys. I can't feel you out here, bro. I need I need to feel your presence out here. Go get to the quarterback. Get a t- Like, I need to feel you, bro. I used to go to him and tell him, ask him. I'd call him up, right? I need to – you got to feel those guys' presence. Like I said, it may not always be – they get the exact stat, but I can feel your presence out here. And I didn't feel anybody on on, on no. Thursday. It, it wasn't even one of those performances. You know, sometimes where the whole team's playing bad, but you see this one guy's putting his heart and soul into it, and you hope the team can rally around that. Nope, just not that, not nothing. And the offensive line has the worst game of their season. The yeah. defensive backs get torched, the pass rush. And I mean, it's just sloppy. It just and have they went to uh you know when they're in base defense, it looks like Kirby Joseph and Brian Branch are the starters. And Tracy comes in on passing downs, look like whenever Brian goes into the nickel, then Tracy comes in at the safety. Cause I was looking on Thursday and I'm like, dang, Tracy not even on the field. But then first play of the game when they take the bomb over the top and like and i don't know what defense they were in i didn't see the all 22 i don't know i just saw what i saw um i don't know what's going on there i don't know if like i said if brian is, is the starter and you know tracy is the the third guy i don't know but i didn't feel anybody from the secondary like brian you know i felt like he was a step off um you know, just wasn't a good performance. You know, and it's the first time I think they've been on national TV in the last two or three times that we've seen them play that it really just wasn't a good performance. You know, the last game against Green Bay last year it was a good performance on national TV. The first game this opening season, it was a good performance on national TV. They, I think they had a Monday night football game for, for, for th- Halloween, right, against the Raiders. Against good. the Raiders, right? It was a good performance. performance on national TV. So the last few times we've seen them on national TV, it's been good performances. This one was not it. Just not it. Just wasn't it at all. So where do you go from here? Because as always seems to happen, Lions fans are overreacting. They want to fire everyone. They want to bench everyone. They want to cut everyone. And that's just not how it works in the NFL, especially at this point in the season. So where do you go from here? What 
is an actual path to fix some of these issues. If there is one, sometimes there's not. Well, I mean, I think a lot of times, you know, when you're on the team and you're coaching and you're internal, you see a lot of the things differently because you get the whole picture. See, we only get the games. We don't get practices. We don't get meetings. We don't get anything else that's going on. All we get is are the games. So sometimes you get to look at stuff in a certain way and see this right here is what the problem is, right? No. Jared Goff holding on to the ball is a big issue, but what the problem may be is something else. Jared, you still got to hold on to the ball, and it just is a sack. It can't be a sack force fumble, right? But the problem is, why is there a sack? What's going on with our routes? What's going on with our protection? Like, what's really going on, right? You have to have a hard look and start looking at the film. But a lot of times, if you go back and look at the practices, it probably looks exactly how the games are looking. And it's getting colder in Detroit right now. They've been winning. So the hype and all that stuff is there and it's good and all these good things. And a lot of times when it happens, you kind of lose focus on the little things that help you get there. You know, the attention to detail, the 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 toughness, the grit, the just and it's the season, right? We all know it's a season. Every team, for the most part, is going to deal with you're going to have lulls in the season, right? So I'm not sitting here throwing the season away. But what I am saying is you got to take a real hard look at what's going on so you can fix it so you're playing well going down the stretch because you don't want to keep playing bad going down the stretch and then you hurt yourself playoff-wise and you go into the playoffs on a downward trajectory. You want to go into the playoffs feeling good, playing good. I mean, we've seen teams make it into the playoffs the last week of the season at 9-7, and seven, but they're playing really well because they had to win the two games prior to that to stay in the hunt for a playoffs berth. They win on the last game of the season and sneak in at 9-7, and seven, go on the road every game in the playoffs and go and win a Super Bowl. Why? Because they're playing good, getting healthy, all those things at the right time. And I've seen teams that be 13 and three and get put out the first round or the second round because they might have had a bye. Why? Because they went in on a downward trajectory and they just wasn't playing good. And then the playoffs come around, you end up getting beat by a team didn't have nearly as good a record, but they just plan better. And if anybody know anything in football, it's not about the best team always winning. In football, it is, in my opinion, it's just like the NCAA tournament in a sense, but it is the ultimate sign or showing of a pro in basketball, baseball, hockey, the best team generally always wins. 
right? The best team. In football, the best team doesn't always win. The team that plays the best today is who wins. That's the difference. So in the playoffs, it don't matter if you 16 and 0, 17 and 0. If that team plays better than you today, they will beat you. That's why you have the any given Sunday, anybody, that's right. Any given day, you can lose. Just like in basketball, any given time, you can lose a game. But over the course of seven games, I'm probably going to win more than I lose. Why? Because I'm just better than you. That don't mean you won't get lucky or have a good day and win a game. You might win two games, but over the course of seven games, I'm going to win more. Why? Probably because I'm better. And if one of my star players are hurt, now I'm no longer better. You guys are better. But if we're healthy, you're my team is better. We're going to eventually win, right? Football, it's not like that. NCAA tournament, that's why you can have Cinderella's because they just got to be better than Kansas tonight. They ain't got to beat Kansas 10 times. They just got to beat them tonight. And when you look at this point in the season, it really reflects that too, because the Lions, we've talked about this in the past. You like to break it down into quarters, right? Four games, four games, four games. Unfortunately, now we have 17 games, so one of those quarters has to have five games. But still, you look at it, we were what three and one for the first quarter. Then they went three and two for the second quarter. Right now, they're two and one for the third quarter. If they beat the Saints, they are now nine and three. They have had a winning record in all three quarters that they've played so far with a good schedule to come. So it's not the end of the world. Right. But those one losses individually, they just were not the better team that day. Right. And that's what I'm saying. It's not the end of the world. So don't think that we're freaking out because the Lions lost. What I'm saying is to have two performances like that back to back. It's not a time to freak out, but it's a time to address some issues so you can play better in December and hopefully farther into January. That's what I'm saying. This is a good time to have that 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 talk, that meeting like, hey, you guys, you guys can clearly see that if we're not all the way locked in, it can go sour quickly for us. So we can't overlook the details. We can't let the holiday season and the cold and all these external factors that are that are coming into play at this point in the year, we can't let those deter us from where we're trying to go. So this is a good time to have that, especially after these two games, right? So I'm pretty sure they had the weekend off for the most part. But I wouldn't be surprised if they had to come in Friday morning. Because it's a good time for us to look at this film and have some real come to Jesus meetings. And then you take your break for the weekend and you come back on Monday with a new attitude ready to get back to work. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they had to go in Friday morning for a little bit. And I wouldn't blame the coaches at all after that performance. And it's the kind of thing, this is a pivotal time in the season. But it is not time to panic. It is not time to stress and worry. Just trust the process. Trust 
in what we've seen from the Detroit Lions. They have built this the right way. We've trusted them a lot throughout the offseason, throughout the season. Don't freak out because they lost to the Packers. I know it sucks, but going 6-0 and in the division is really, really difficult. Yeah, it is. It is. But, I mean, standards are high. We're going to lose to the Packers. Lose yeah. next week to the Saints. Don't lose to the Packers. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we still have three divisional games left. We can still go five and one in the division. It's just you're never going to get the taste of losing to the Packers out of your mouth. Right. But it'll be all right. It'll be all right. We've got the Saints. We've got the Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings once again. I think we're in good shape. Glover, any thoughts on the final couple games? Thoughts on the Saints? Thoughts on this past week in the NFL, Thanksgiving, or just life in general? Hey, you know what, man? Like I said, this is right here is a great time to uh, to uh, have those that, that meeting, that, that, that time for the team. And a lot of teams are in that same situation because now, you know, it's the point. It's the it's the point in the season where if if you're kind of out of the hunt, it gets it gets bad because it's cold outside, especially in the northern states. It's it cold outside, seasons long. You know, you're not going to playoffs. Everybody's motivation is a little different. You know, so this right here is a real good time to refocus, recalibrate. You still got you know six weeks or so left in the season. It's a good time to recalibrate, but it's also the same way in, in life. You got about you know, five weeks left in, in the year 2023, right? So it's a great time to, I ain't trying to say recalibrate your life, but you don't have to wait till January the 1st to get started. You can get started today. So look at it like that. Get started today. Hopefully the Lions get started today and you can work alongside the Lions to make sure your new year gets off to a hot start and hopefully stays hot through the rest of the year. Lions year is ending in February either way, but until then you can ride along with the Lions, continue to improve and continue to follow along with the Believe in Lions. We will be back talking about the Saints matchup coming up ahead. Hopefully go to nine and three. But until then, we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.